They were nine, 10 feet tall entities. And they told him that they were preparing for an intergalactic war with God and that they were going to win. What happened was they opened up this portal, they created a rift and entities began to come through. Not just this horror of Babylon being birthed, but other entities. The federal government at the highest levels have known that these are not space aliens, that these are entities coming from another dimension. My name is Wes Fall, and I am part of Fall Brothers Productions and Fourth Watch Films with Justin Fall and with Chad Riley. And the Lord just directed our steps into kind of a full circle. We, uh, we both went to film school, Justin and I did, years ago, and we had to pay bills doing other things, but the Lord brought us back to making films. And so it's been a crazy ride, but I'm just uh, glad to be here and doing what the Lord's called us to do. My name is Justin Fall. And uh, my background is in film production. Uh, I'm a film student from the Art Institute of Atlanta, and I'm also a, uh, a career researcher. My main focus in life is to be able to wake up the church. I want to be able to better equip the church, and I want them to understand that the times that are going to be coming upon the face of this earth, which we are approaching, uh, no one would deny that crazy prophecies are being fulfilled right now. Things that 100 years ago, the average Christian would not have understood the scripture the way that they would today based on the unfolding of events that we're seeing. And so as a career researcher, you know, my ministry is all about equipping the saints for the last days, equipping the tribulation saints, even if you want to use that language, uh, but also to join the conversation of the world. I think that Christians need to be able to join the conversation about the paranormal, about the crazy topics. We need to join that conversation and give a biblical answer that will cause the world to want to draw near unto Christ. We looked at this alien question. Uh, you can go back to even uh, the, the past election in 2016. Hillary was talking about how if she won, she was going to open the vault and, and get into basically exposing what UFOs are and, and the, the alien question. We wanted to look at it in the biblical aspect of it and to try to break down, you know, what are we dealing with here? Because the world does have this answer, but as we found out, so does the Bible. Higher Entities, uh, it's a film that deals with a very much political, paranormal conspiracy. We made Higher Entities for, for a lot of different reasons. Uh, the timing of Higher Entities could not have been better because we're dealing with a film that it digs deep into these areas of government alien entity connections. Now why is that important? Because we're living in a time where we understand that the Antichrist is coming on the face of the earth. There will be an Antichrist. And we know that he has fallen angels that are gonna be working with him. You know, he's gonna have a demonic army. He's gonna have all types of lying signs and wonders. The Bible talks about these lying signs and wonders. And if it were possible, the elect would be deceived by his cunning. I believe the aliens in the last days, which we don't really believe them to be space aliens, and we'll get into that here in a few minutes, but I believe that the alien entities, the higher entities, they will likely use some type of a cataclysmic event, something major, whether it's real or, or synthetic. You know, we know about Project Bluebeam. Mm -hmm. We know about technology where they can project an image in the sky. There's going to be things that come upon this earth that are going to cause men's hearts to fail them. And so, like right now, um, everybody is consumed with uh, this Western civilization of uh, idea of, uh, you know, going to work and uh, coming home and watching the ball game and getting married, two and a half kids, a uh, dog and a cat, that whole deal. Um, there's no, that's, there's no super, there's no room for supernaturalism there. But when that does take place, it's going to flip the world on its head. Um, and so I think that this is kind of like a, we've already seen like a soft disclosure take place. And I think it's prepping the world for that. But even more so, I believe that it's tying into what the Bible says is going to take place. And ultimately, it's going to be pointing the world towards an antichrist, um, towards a false prophet promoting that antichrist. He's going to be able to call fire down from heaven. Um, it's going to be some supernatural feats taking place in the eyes of men. And so if, um, if the world doesn't have a supernatural worldview, um, that's going to give it to them. I think that all this is going to culminate pointing people to this so-called messianic figure um, that's going to be in the place of Christ. And for the church, the big thing on, on that end of things is that if they don't have a supernatural worldview 
if um, if they see this coming upon the, the world, um, if just specifically in Matthew 24, people claiming uh, people claiming to be anointed, people claiming to be uh, Messiah, which is just another word for anointed, um, and underneath that, anointed for an office, they're going to be coming in the name of Jesus. So they get their foot inside the church doors, and they're saying they're anointed, and they're going to be doing crazy lying signs and wonders. And so that would be um, that would be believing in what they see and what they experience versus having faith in, in God and His Word. No, Jesus said that there, there, there's coming a time where they're going to say to Him, Lord, Lord, I, you know, I did all this good stuff in Your name. The thing that gets my attention there is that He, he mentioned some specifics like casting out demons in Your name. I mean, that's... There's a major denomination right now that they make their their big deal on casting out demons. There's a couple of them actually. There's gonna be people that think they're operating in spiritual gifts. Yet Jesus is gonna say, I never knew you. But what we're talking about with this this alien idea, the aliens are going to be giving different types of experiences to people. This is what people have to understand. The experiences have to be tested with scripture. Mm -hmm. Because other, otherwise, we're going to accept them because they're supernatural experiences, whether it's a supernatural healing, whether it's some type of a prophetic event where they speak a word of knowledge or they know something about your, your history, whatever it may be. The aliens could have a cure for cancer. You know, the aliens. These higher entities are coming from a, a different place than us. They're not earthborn. The only ones that could be earthborn would be the demons, which came through the line of the Nephilim. And obviously, that's a little bit of a different scenario. It ties in together. But with higher entities, we're dealing with, there is a group that we, we tracked in this film called the Collins Elite. And the idea was trying to answer the question, were there events in history where the American government was working with entities? That was kind of the beginning of this research. And if so, what happened? Can we, can we validate this? You know, what came of that? But also, were there factions in the government who stood up against these things. That was the premise of this film. And uh, we started off by talking about a group known as the Collins Elite. Now, let's just go back in time. There was an event that took place back in the late 40s known as the Babylon Working Ritual. Now, this was a ritual that was carried out by Jack Parsons, uh, JPL. You know, people will even to this day say that JPL stands for, for Jack Parsons Laboratories, but on paper, it's Jet Propulsion Laboratories. JPL is major, it's a historic, I mean, so much surrounding this, so much history here. Uh, Jack Parsons was not professionally trained, yet he was tapping into high technology and building rockets. How do you do that without any type of formal training? There were no rocket programs in America before Jack Parsons. This is paramount to understand. This guy was tapping into you know, theosophy, Thelema, Thelema, the, the religion of Aleister Crowley. Uh, he was a disciple of Aleister Crowley, and he was working with uh, L. Ron Hubbard, who was the founder of Scientology. Interestingly, not only did L. Ron Hubbard uh, start Scientology, but he was a science fiction writer. Uh, the movie Battlefield Earth with John Travolta, well, that was written by L. Ron Hubbard. Interestingly also, John Travolta is a Scientologist, right? Now, I mention this because this is a man who writes science fiction, yet he started a religion based on science fiction, there has to be something in there where he's getting these clues and these these ideas. He's getting these from another realm. From that point, you know, they ripped a, a hole open into space time. And from that point afterwards, you had, um, well, regardless of what Parsons actually successfully uh, completed during that with the Horror of Babylon and different things, after that, you had the Roswell incident, you had the Kenneth Arnold uh, sightings, you had in 53, there was uh, the swarm of UFOs that flew over the White House. Um, and so there's this, this uh, unleashing of supernatural activity that took place after that ritual was performed. Babylon working was successful according to Jack Parsons. Uh, matter of fact, Parsons said in his Antichrist Manifesto that they were successful and that a child a child was conceived in that act and that there was a spirit known as Hilarion. The whore of Babylon was what they were trying to bring about. They believed what we believe and that America was the final Babylon. Like this was the revived Babylon. They believed it and they were occultists. You know, we're Christians and we believe it. There's evidence to back this up. But yes, uh, let, let's backtrack just for a second. 
what happened was they opened up this portal, they created a rift, and entities began to come through. Not just this horror of Babylon being birthed, but other entities, because people all over the place started having paranormal encounters, and they began to report this to law enforcement, report this to the, to the FBI, report this to whatever agency they could get in touch with. And so the federal agencies said, we've got to come up with an answer for this. You know, we were not prepared for any of this. There's UFO activity. There's, there's talk of entities and demons and winged creatures and just all kinds of weird, I mean, just paranormal demonic activity following this ritual that Jack Parsons said finally worked. They did the ritual for a couple years. It finally worked, finally stuck. And that's what a scientist does. A scientist is going to work at something. He's going to work at the hypothesis until it's, it's you know proven true or false. Now, finally, the researchers, the, the government puts together this group that says we're going to get answers to what exactly took place out there in the desert in California by Jack Parsons and L. Ron Hubbard. They go to Jack Parsons. And keep in mind, Jack Parsons is also working with the government. He's now been given, you know, special privileges on things. So they go to him, they say, Jack, all of this stuff that's happening right now, did you do this? <laughs> did you do this? And you know, he said, I think so. Now, shortly thereafter, Jack Parsons blows himself up in a lab. Accidental, it was not intentional. The occult belief was that whoever opened up the portal had to close the portal. Well, Jack Parsons is now dead. And the federal government is now having to understand and, and depict exactly to the public what's happening here. And so this group is researching. And out of that group, they finally start to make some headway. They know they're dealing with entities. And so in all of that, they begin to try to make contact with those entities, maybe for some help. Maybe because they're trying to figure out how to close this thing. Maybe they're trying to figure out how to undo what Jack Parsons did. So they go through satanic rituals to communicate because that's the only method of communication that they know that works to contact these entities. In doing this, there's a small faction known as the Collins Elite. This is where our film picks up. The Collins Elite was a small group inside of this larger group that was originally created to get answers to all of this. But once they began to engage in satanic rituals and magic and alchemy, this group says, hey, you know what? This is, this is not what we signed up for. This small group raises up. It's a faction. It's a counterpoint group, which means that they are no longer in agreement with the big group. They have a different opinion. They say, we have a Christian worldview. This goes against our Christian worldview. And so they see that entities are being channeled and communicated with. And now technology is being given through these rituals to these other members of the government. So the Collins elite says, whoa, 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 this is dangerous. You guys are really playing with fire here. We can't support this. We can't do this. And they came up with this idea that the aliens were going to take over and that in order to protect our country from the aliens, from the entities, they believed that we needed to instate a forced theocracy based on the law of Moses. Because they thought if our country would, would go back under the law of Moses, that we would be untouchable from these entities. This group, this bigger group that was researching to get answers, they did not exist. Okay, this was what's known as a limited access program or an LAP. Uh, a limited access program means that nobody in Congress has to know about this. The Collins Elite were a counterpoint group within different governmental organizations that were, they were party to satanic ritual being used to make contact with with these aliens or with these higher entities. And because of their Christian faith, they had the conviction. They saw this taking place and they're like, well, we don't need to be a part of this. This is what the Bible talks about um, in, in the worship of, of, of uh, demons and, and of other gods. And, and especially being, you know, using blood sacrifice and different um, types of, of black magic to be able to accomplish it. Um, so they saw that and they, they didn't want to be a part of it. Um, they also were able to uh, tie this back to what Jack Parsons and um, L. Ron Hubbard did in the desert in the late 40s. You've got literally just the group and maybe a director knows about it, nobody else. It's completely classified, it's top secret, it's, on, it's under lock and key. But I want to mention something. One of the bombshells that we dropped was that there's a declassified federal document 
Anyone watching this interview can go find this document. It's on the FBI vault. Uh, document 6751, it's a document from the 40s. It was written by a prominent member of academia and it was submitted to the FBI. In this document, they make a case that entities are not space aliens, but that they're interdimensional or extra-dimensional entities that are crossing over from a plane known as the ethereal plane. Now we know, uh, as, as researchers of the New Age movement, we know that that is where the ascended masters are supposedly said to be on a high level. This ethereal plane is very popular. Well, you know, when you talk to people who astral project, people who channel, people who remote view, people who want to tap in or go on a trip, an ayahuasca trip, a DMT trip. Ayahuasca, different trips, DMT, that does allow you to cross over or allows a person to cross over into those dimensions. Outside of that, the, the satanic ritual has, has proven to be the most effective. And, and from the research that we've done, the people that we've interviewed, uh, that seems to be the, the constant. That's like a it's, a, it's a guarantee you're gonna make contact if you do this. Now, the federal government had this document in the 40s and language was used in this document uh, that came right out of the playbook of theosophy. Now, the guy that received this document this is so crazy. The, the federal agent receives a document, and look, the FBI is constantly bombarded with with you know phone calls and letters and emails, and you know, they just can't they can't deal with all of the propaganda from from citizens. You know, people make stuff up, and, and it's just it, it's nothing. It's crying wolf. So the FBI has to really be careful what they accept and what they don't. But this was back in the '40s. So the guy that receives a document, he recognizes that this information was received through paranormal means. Matter of fact, the language used in the 40s was super normal. That's the old way of saying paranormal, super normal. So uh, he says that all of this information was received through super normal means, therefore we need to discount it. It's not valid information. Now that's the headline that he put, it, it's like, like a cover letter. If he really believed that, why did they classify the document? Why did they classify it and then forward it to all of these FBI prominent members at the highest level of security clearance? Why in the world would they classify it and lock it up if they didn't believe it? It wasn't until years later that they declassified document 6751. And, and you know, I read this document and I'm thinking, okay, since the 40s, the federal government at the highest levels have known that these are not space aliens, that these are entities coming from another dimension. In scripture, you have the you know the chariots that are mentioned, um, you know God's transport basically, and it ripping through the space time from the spiritual into the natural. Uh, I think that's the, basically the same thing that we're dealing with with the UFOs, and because of the different deals that they've made uh, with with the governments, um, with the sharing of their technology, um, in order for them to have a safe space of, of being able to do whatever they do in the deep underground military bases. Um, I think that some of the ones that you're seeing today are gonna be um, basically the, the government taking that information and creating their own spacecraft. The technology that, um, that Stan Dale was working on with anti-gravity craft, I think it follows along the same thing. Uh, you can go back to the Nazis with the Deglaka and different things like that that they made, mm -hmm. um, which also they were highly involved with the occult. They didn't just wake up one day and say, hey, I'm going to try this, this, and this. Um, there was a basis. They went in there and they performed rituals to get the information to be able to, to practice that. When you talk to someone who has worked in a deep underground military base, which we have, we've interviewed people, uh, they talk about different classes of entities. None of that is really mentioned in 6751. It's more so an overall summarization of what's going on. Now, there were some information about traveling through the dimensions. There's some very fascinating you know, tidbits in this document. Uh, and we, we don't really go too deep into the document other than referencing it in the film because we had to go through, you know, we've got over 300 declassified documents in our collection right now, all pertaining to aliens, UFOs, uh, extrasensory perception, psychic activity that they're training people to operate in. The federal government has been training people in the occult since the 40s, training them in how to operate in occult magic and occult sciences. Everything our Bible tells us is absolutely forbidden. Our federal government has been a part of this since the 40s. And I want to add, back in the 40s, they still promoted the idea of a Christian nation of America. Yet behind the scenes, it just goes to show that, our, that the people in charge of our government have been pacifying the society since the beginning. And I, I just, I don't understand how people could be so, you know, so blinded 
we present the information this is what they said in the 40s and it's only gotten worse over the years now let me just draw us into this other area real fast this group the Collins elite they really wanted to create how can I put this they wanted to create some type of resistance non-aggressive of course non-aggressive resistance that's what I, I seem I, I understand that from my studies that's what I believe they wanted a non-aggressive resistance to what was taking place because they saw that when a, when a man or a group of men began to communicate with these these entities the hunger for power gets greater and greater and greater and then you're no longer trying to get answers you're now wanting to ask them to give you blessings you're now getting technology and information from these entities and you're utilizing it in the way that you structure your government moving forward and you would say well why why would these entities need the government it's not a matter of them needing the government it's a matter of setting up the scene for the end times deception where the antichrist is going to unite the governments of the world it's all part of their long game they've been working on this since the beginning of time it didn't work at the tower of babel the lord ended it quickly you know but here we are today where are we today and, and what happened between then and now well what we find out is that one of our contacts stan deo who by the way tom horn gave us a, a great uh, endorsement of stan deo tom horn before his house burned down uh, years ago he had this this big newspaper article from the uk and standing on the cover uh, with these other elite doctors and scientists is stan deo and they're giving him credit in the uk public knowledge that he's working on anti-gravity craft now the film that we did called the hollow earth chronicles we did a whole segment in that film on operation high jump this was a joint task force between the americans uh, american government the british government and the australian government uh, headed by the u.s and, and admiral Byrd. they go down to antarctica and what turns into a ufo battle and their big plan got cut in half and they had to come home early because we lost men we lost ships uh, there's stories of, of UFOs coming up out of the water and, and just cutting ships in half with laser. I mean, just crazy stuff that, that you only see in movies. What's fascinating about this is that this was a joint task force with those same three governments that are now working together with Standeo, the British, the American, and the Australians working together on alien technology yet again, years after Operation High Jump happened. Standeo was working as a secret agent for the FBI in Australia inside of the deep underground military bases. And he said while he was in the program, he knew about the deal with Eisenhower. He knew in the program that President Eisenhower had made a deal with what they called alien entities. I believe that the evidence points to two events taking place. And these two events happened one year apart. First one happened at Edwards Air Force Base where Eisenhower disappears and they call it a media blackout. It was kind of similar to when Hillary Clinton and President uh, Obama disappeared and were at the Bilderberg meeting, but nobody knew where they were and it was called a media blackout. People freaked out, right? Well, something similar happened here where Eisenhower is no longer on radar and they come back later and say, oh, well, he had a dental emergency. And so he had to go seek a private dental, you know, dental care. Now, that happened, and then a year later, we had the Holloman Air Force Base event. Now, the thing about the Holloman event was that people were there who witnessed it. Holloman is where they were out on the landing strip, and you had UFOs landing, meeting with him, a meeting took place with Eisenhower and others, and then those UFOs took off. Now, there were eyewitnesses who have come forward. Uh, I was just talking about this with Chad Riley because he found some videotapes from the 90s. This is before the internet was, was you know, doing its thing. In the 90s, there were videos that were recorded, you know, old VHS tapes of some of these uh, disclosure type engagements. I don't know what you want to call it, but these are men that were there. They were they're, they're decorated men from the government, and they're now speaking out that, yes, UFOs were landing and taking off at Holland Air Force Base, and I believe it was 1955. We do know that things began to be more apparent after Babylon working, and therefore there were more uh, things taking place where there was people seeking the entity. So what I believe happened was that the uh, the rift was open, you know, the, the tear in the space-time continuum, if you will, a portal, Stargate was opened, and the government got involved, the feds got involved. Once they began to communicate with the entities, there was now a relationship being built, and it was no longer shock value that there are these entities who want to work with us. So I think that that was definitely an open door, no pun intended, 
for those entities to now be communicating with President Eisenhower years later, not too many years later, but a few years later, they're now meeting with Eisenhower. Uh, and so the story goes like this. We're on the road trip, we're driving out to meet with Ray Boucher, who was contacted by the Department of Defense. This is really important. This is, I mean, this is one of those like haymakers. The information that he gives us that we, you know, he presented his full disclosure in our film, Higher Entities. But we're driving there and we're having a discussion and we decided, let's just go ahead and let, let's, let's run some cameras, you know, while we're driving and, and, and talking. So we set up, you know, we set up our production stuff in, in, in Darren's SUV. We're driving down the road and we have this conversation about this Eisenhower deal. See, what I had heard and researched was a little different than what Darren had picked up in his research. And this is one of those, those scenes in the movie where it's just like, wow, like the stuff that came out was so organic and unbelievable. Apparently, there were two events that happened and a lot of people blur them. A lot of people will mix it up uh, with the Edwards Air Force Base and the Holloman. They're two separate events a year apart. That's so important. But the idea was, is that the gray aliens on record met with Eisenhower and then you had this other group of entities known as like the tall whites or the Nordics they met with Eisenhower separately and they warned him they said you do not ever want to make a deal with the gray aliens they are deceptive they are very deceptive all they want to do is deceive you and enslave you they're demonic basically and I don't think they use the word demonic right because they're all demonic but <laughs> they were warning Eisenhower never to enter into a covenant with the grays well, they were the good guys, the Greys were the bad guys. This is fascinating because if you fast forward into this idea of a coming deception, they had to already set the groundwork to create a good alien, bad alien, good cop, bad cop. Because what we're dealing with here is a bunch of liars. You know, Satan's a liar, his demons are liars. Uh, that's why when someone starts playing with a Ouija board, their grandmother starts talking to them. It's not your grandmother, bro. That's a demon. That's an entity who wants to deceive you. They want to, to steal to kill and to destroy. That's biblical. And we're also told as Christians, we gotta be vigilant and we gotta be sober-minded because Satan is our adversary. And the word Satan, the name Satan isn't really a name. We, you know, we have this misconception that Satan, you know, the devil, the red pitchfork. And in reality, you know, Hasatan is the enemy, the adversary. And so when we say Satan, it could actually be referring to the whole team of demons and entities, fallen angels. Uh, and so what we have is we have the fallen angels, and now it's my personal belief. Let me just lay this out real quick. It's my personal belief based on the book of Revelation and based on me using a calculator and understanding some definitions, I was able to calculate that if a third of the angels fell with Lucifer, with Satan, if a third, the Satan, right? If a third of them fell with him, and that's also based on another passage of a third of the stars uh, getting knocked down to earth. Um, if that passage means what we think it means, and if we understand it correctly, a third of the angels fell with Satan. And you can do your math and figure out that that equals somewhere between 30 to 50 plus million fallen angels on the surface of the earth. Now, out of that, some of them were put in chains. The Bible tells us this because some the ones that committed sexual sin, uh, the Genesis 6, mm -hmm. uh, they have been locked up in chains. We can read about this in Jude. Uh, but the ones that are not locked in chains, just think about it, 30 to 50 plus million fallen angels on the face of the earth. Like that's, uh, I made the comment recently in an interview I did that that is more than the population of the largest state in America. I mean, these are the gods of the nations. These are the ones who have been worshipped throughout time. These are the ones um, of the nations who uh, they set up uh, the, the, the groves and the high places and offered sacrifices to them. Um, they've been pre presenting themselves to humanity throughout time um, under different names, but under the same descriptions of their characteristics. So when you look at it in those kind of terms, and to also answer your question about the um, are they otherworldly or interdimensional, um, through the document 6751, we did find that back in the 40s even, they were saying that they were interdimensional beings. So that will parallel with what scripture has to say of fallen angels. Um, with Job, for instance, you have Job, and this kind of cro is a crossover between um, our first film, Hollow Earth Chronicles, and the, the latest higher entities. But in Job, you have, uh, now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan came along, came also among them. And the Lord said unto Satan, Whence comest thou? Then Satan answered the Lord and said, From going to and fro in the earth, and from walking up and down in it. So on one hand, you have him being able to present himself 
before the Lord, but he also is able to, and that's that's the spiritual realm. That's the things that we can't access. There's a barrier that's been put in place. Um, but Satan and these these divine beings uh, with the divine counsel, they were able to hold hold a, an audience before the Lord. At the same time, Satan says here that he's allowed or that he's been um, he's been going to and fro in the earth and walking up and down in it. So that's an interdimensional feat. Uh, and, and by the way, Tom Horn, his brother-in-law was murdered. He worked at Los Alamos. This was the first time he ever told the story publicly. He never spoke this story publicly. Matter of fact, he told his sister that he would not disclose the full story while she was still alive. Yet here he is, he worked it out to tell us the story in our film. His brother-in-law worked for Los Alamos. And interestingly, he married his Tom's sister who had alien encounters from the time she was about 13 years old. Not only did she suffer uh, alien visitations and paralysis uh, as a child, her daughter, the next generation, when she entered into that age of puberty, she began to get attacked. And then her husband, this is where it gets crazy, he comes home one day, they start drinking, you know, knocking back a few. One thing leads to another, which I found out a lot of times when people start drinking, it, they're able to pull things out of the recesses that they would never talk about. So many stories of, of alien abductions and demonic activity, people are willing to talk about after they have a few drinks. Things that are in those deep recesses come out. Now, I'm not saying that to recommend or to, to, you know, I'm just saying that a lot of the stories we find out about in our research comes from one guy having a few drinks and then just, it just starts coming out. It's like the filter's gone. Long story short, and, and we give the full story in higher entities. It's a great story. Uh, I mean, not great as in good, but it's very fascinating. Um, he comes home, they, he and the wife start drinking, and uh, she decides she's gonna share some of her childhood history with him that he didn't know about. And if I remember correctly how it all went down, he comes out and says, well, this is crazy because we're actually working with this type of stuff at Los Alamos. Now he gives her information that we don't know, but he disclosed to her what he was doing in the alien base that the conspiracy theorists call an alien base. Uh, but now it doesn't really seem like a conspiracy theory anymore because if it was just a theory, why would he have been killed 24 hours later? 24 hours after he shares what they were doing at Los Alamos, he disappears, no body found, nothing. They say that they've never seen him back in the offices, you know. Uh, so she reaches out and she's like, where's my, you know, my husband never came home from work. He left for work, he left our house, he drove, you know, he went to Los Alamos, but he never came home. Well, she now wants to get her benefits just to help pay for, you know, for all the expenses that he was, you know, he was bringing in money. He's no longer there and he's been working hard. You know, there's pension and guarantees that, that she's supposed to get. They won't give her anything because there's no body. Without a body, there's no death certificate. Without a death certificate, there's no benefits. So she's working for the federal government as well. She starts rattling the cage high up. And finally, once she starts dropping information that's putting fear in people, they, in order to shut her up, finally say, okay, you know what? Here you go, here's your benefits, done. Now, that tells me that it's not a conspiracy theory that there's actual fact to this, that there's alien activity, demonic activity going on at Los Alamos. And it was so serious that they would have had his house bugged and that they were tracking every discussion he had in that house. And that was the thing was he was working in the DOM, the deep underground military base. From my understanding, he was working there and he told her what he was working on. We don't even know what that was. That's what's so fascinating about this story is that we don't even know what he disclosed, but it was something so serious that 24 hours later, he's dead. Again, we're dealing with the fallout of what took place at the Babylon working. Babylon working changed everything. I believe that was a prophetic on the satanic timeline. That was a big deal. And so I do believe for a fact that Roswell was just another byproduct. And I also believe based on another FBI document that we have in our stack of over 300 is that uh, there were more than one craft. And I believe, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I want to say there was possibly nine bodies according to one declassified document. This is going to lead us right into Ray Boucher. Ray Boucher is now bringing all of this current. You know, we're no longer dealing with 1940s or 50s or 60s. We're dealing with, you know, our lifetime and, and, and uh, this is where it just hits home. Ray Boucher is, uh, is an ordained minister. He has uh, been a Baptist minister, a Lutheran minister, and he's also known as a Lutheran exorcist. Um, 
we're very particular about who we work with and who we yoke up with in ministry. And uh, after talking with Ray and looking into him, he is extremely biblically sound. His theology is right in line with scripture on all the majors that would, would matter. And so we, we did some homework on this guy. Tom Horn, Derek Gilbert, um, goodness, everybody that we talked to, people that I'm not even going to name, people that we talked to off the record, everybody kept saying, including Darren Geisinger and uh, Chad Riley, they all said, you've got to talk to Ray Boucher. They said he was met with by two members of the Department of Defense uh, because of his unique background as a minister, as an exorcist, and as the head of MUFON for his state, uh, which is Nebraska. This is a guy who was heavily involved in the UFO community uh, back before the internet was a thing. He would go to these meetings, he would read up. I mean, back then it was like like a videotape. It was like $60, like a documentary videotape. You pay 60, I mean, these were the days before the internet, before YouTube, uh, information was harder to get. But Ray Boucher was heavily involved in the UFO community back in the day. And so being the head of MUFON and also uh, for his state and also for being uh, a minister and an exorcist and a UFO advocate, you know, a UFO truth advocate, uh, these two men contact him from the DOD and they say, we really need to meet with you because of your unique standing. We need to meet with you and we need your, uh, basically we need you to consult with us about what some of this may be. So he met secretly with these members of the Department of Defense and they told him that they were part of a non-existent group inside the DOD working on government facilities paid for by taxpayer dollars and that they began to try to get answers to some of this stuff and they began to engage in occult rituals to communicate with these entities. Now, now let me explain this. If you don't feel like this is just a reoccurrence of, of, of the Collins elite, <laughs> I mean, this is the, but this is recent. This, this is happening in the modern time period. Um, he says that their bigger group was, was engaging in, in what he called satanic rituals. And he even said that the DOD contacts hinted at human sacrifice being done on the taxpayer dollar behind closed doors on government facilities. He said they started off with, we just want to get answers. And he says, and that turned into a, we can do better mentality. We can do more than this. We can go above and beyond. This is the same story you see when you're watching movies about famous drug dealers. Oh, we can do better mentality. Starts off, they're just selling a little dope. And before you know it, they're a kingpin and they just want more and more and more. It's not that they need it anymore, but it's that we can do better mentality. We can't leave well enough alone. To quote Karate Kid, we cannot leave well enough alone and we can do better and we're gonna do better and we're gonna get more technology, we're gonna get more information, we're gonna get more power and we're gonna rise up by the power of the entities. And so Ray Boucher explained to them that yes, this stuff was extremely demonic. That yes, you guys, y'all had a good idea. Basically your instincts were correct. This is demonic and you don't need to be doing it. Uh, they knew that was the case, but they needed someone they could talk to, such as Ray Boucher with his unique background. And so he was able to, to meet with them. And I believe they met twice. They had some phone conversations. But the thing is, is Ray wouldn't meet with us originally. He didn't want to talk to anybody. He, he's a very friendly guy. He, you know, he, he was willing to just be cordial and hello, you know, nice to meet you. But when we told him we wanted him on camera and that we wanted to meet with him, it was like, well, I could probably work with you guys at some point. He says, but I'm really busy. It's kind of like the nice way of saying, sorry, can't help you. Uh, we continued to, to try to reach out to him. Uh, we began our investigation. We talked with Tom Horn and Derek Gilbert and these others. Derek Gilbert told us to go listen to an interview he did uh, with a podcast. Uh, Dr. Future, I think, was the name of the show. And we listened to it. And at the very beginning of the podcast, the guy says, wow, we've been trying to schedule this with you for over a year and you're finally coming on to talk with us. So I imagine Ray Boucher is extremely careful. He's very standoffish. He wants to protect his family. He doesn't want to get involved in something he shouldn't be. And so I, 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 I just kind of wrote it off that he's not going to meet with us. And we're probably going to have to just go ahead and end this, uh, this project early. He finally comes through and says, okay, I'll do it. But I'm not going to tell you where we're going to meet or what time we're going to meet. He says, plan on coming down and getting a hotel in the big city close by. So we did. We went down. We got a hotel in the, in the big city. Uh, and it was a big city, by the way. This, this city was booming and busy. I mean, crazy busy the whole time we were there. Uh, we didn't know until the morning of what time we were going to meet and the fact that he was going to come to us at our hotel room. 
that's how secretive he is. And just to add a little bit of uh, mystery to the situation, shortly after we got done releasing this, this film, uh, I get word that Ray Boucher has been diagnosed with some strange, rare kind of cancer. So I say that to ask people to be praying for him. Uh, one of the uh, bonus nuggets that we released in higher entities was there was a, a guy who had very high security clearance. I believe it was a lieutenant colonel. I forget. Chad Riley knows it. It was his contact. It wasn't our contact. And by the way, let me just give a quick shout out to Chad Riley. He's the guy who fishes, he fishes up these documents that nobody's ever heard of. Like we are blessed to have people are like, how do you even get some of this information? Well, we've got a guy on our team named Chad Riley, and he has a skill to where he fishes up these rare documents from the FBI vault that nobody's ever heard of. And so it's a blessing to have him on board. And he's also our co-producer. So having Chad on board, because uh, somebody's gonna wonder, how, how did you find document 6751? It, it was downloaded. You can only download it, like if you don't know how to find it, you gotta download it in a thick packet called the UFO packet number one, uh, which by the way is available on the, the FBI vault. The same FBI vault where they admitted that Hitler was alive in Argentina after World War II. Yep. People ask where we got that document that we showed in the Hollow Earth Chronicles. Well, we got it from the FBI. While I was doing a, an interview with Gon Shimura on Face Like the Sun YouTube channel, he goes to pull up the document. His IP address is blocked from accessing that document. He had to go in and change his settings live on the recording that we did. He had to change his browser settings just to access 6751. Now, I don't want to digress. This is so important. Um, we're dealing with this idea of government agencies doing anything it takes to keep you from getting the Easter egg. Mm -hmm. That's what it is. They're trying to hide their Easter eggs. And so what happened here was uh, Chad's contact, his name is Greg Renrich. He has the, the above top secret clearance uh, areas such as Groom Lake, Area 51, uh, a list. Chad breaks down the whole list in higher entities. And so Chad was in contact with him through our other mutual contact, Kay Carswell, who's a dear friend of ours. Kay has become friends with Greg Renrich. They've interviewed him. Uh, I don't know if they've interviewed him publicly or just private, but uh, he started to give Chad all this information that we were going to include in our film. And so the information was unbelievable, and, I, and I'll give that information away here in a second. But I wanted to say he was supposed to be in our film. At some point, he just decides he's going to just fall off the face of the earth and back out. And so we're trying to get answers, like what's going on with Greg Renrich? I mean, he was a prime interview. We needed him. <sighs> this guy has been down in the underground bases with the entities. See, Stan Deo didn't work directly with entities. His colleagues worked with the entities. Wow. So Stan's was hearsay, trustworthy hearsay, but he didn't work with the entities. This guy, Greg Renrich, worked in the base with entities that called themselves the Nephilim. They were nine, 10 feet tall entities. And they told him that they were preparing for an intergalactic war with God and that they were going to win. They believed they were going to win. Furthermore, Greg Renrich is on record saying that he had to sign an affidavit before he could go in this facility, that he wouldn't even use the name Jesus, even as a cuss word in this deep underground military base. And this goes right back to what Joe Jordan says, is that all hundreds of cases of alien abduction uh, completely halted at the name of Jesus being proclaimed. Even if he stubbed his toe as a cuss word, he couldn't say Jesus. I'll go back to the quote from Aleister Crowley. We mentioned this in the film, but he says that today we're calling them angels and demons. Tomorrow we'll call them something else. So we could, in the world standards, we can call them aliens. In the world standards, we can call them ascended masters, light beings, give them a name. But scripturally, um, I'll go back to the same beings that were, were depicted in Genesis 6, but even more so um, fine-tuning it to uh, the table of nations. What happened at Babel was God, um, he disinherited the nations and he accounted them, he allotted them to the number of the sons of God. It's kind of similar to what the Freemasons believe. When you work your way up into Freemasonry, uh, you believe that it's compatible with your faith. In reality, it's really not compatible with anyone's faith. It's its own faith. But you don't know that at the lower levels. You know, it's a universalist group. You know, when you, when you take that first initiation, you are agreeing that all paths lead to the great architect, you know, what they call God, the eye of providence. Um, as you work your way up, I think it's the 28th degree, somewhere between the 28th and the 30th, if I remember correctly. I just had this conversation the other night with my buddy Brett, 
and you have this understanding that the Bible is good and it's the word of God, but when you get to the 28th to the 30th degree, you find out that the role gets reversed and that Lucifer was actually the underdog. He was the good God that, that really did all the good creation, that really did. He had the best, uh, he, had, he had basically our best interest in, at heart. It's Gnosticism, and so Jesus, they believe, is the enemy. Yahweh is the enemy, that it's a reversal role, that the Bible, and this is part of the coded language that they use, is that you don't find this out until you're higher up. So it's like the, the, the reversing of roles. So even though Jesus has already uh, died on the cross, he shed his blood on Calvary, and there's some really interesting things about his blood possibly going down to the Ark of the Covenant. And, uh, maybe another video we could talk about that. Uh, but Jesus died on Calvary. He, was, he descended into the heart of the earth, where he preached to the spirits in prison. This is all part of the Hollow Earth film we did. And then he rose, he defeated death. He rose from the dead. And he declared victory over every unclean spirit, over every imp of Satan, over every evil entity that would ever be in existence. He literally declared victory over. And their time is short. They know their time is short. Yet their goal is to try to do as much damage to the kingdom as they can. But what we know, according to scripture, is that they're, you know, their work is in vain because the cross defeated all of that. Now, let me add one last little thing here. Greg Renrich uh, was out walking on his ranch here, his farm, his property with his wife. And all of a sudden they, they get this thing on the back of their neck and they're kind of, you know, wiping it. You know, you, you ever like, you know, smash a bug or something and you kind of like do one of these. So um, they get a slimy residue on the back of their neck. Well, it doesn't affect him the same way it affects his wife. And this is their property. This isn't like they're out in some random wooded lot. This is their land. They get back, and they've already had a horrible history. Ever since he started speaking out about his testimony, because he's a Christian, uh, to the best of my knowledge, uh, he began to share these stories publicly. And uh, he had just SWAT team show up at his house with machine guns, uh, destroyed his family. Uh, the family relationships that they had tight bonds with are now, they've got a broken family over all this. Uh, people can't understand why he would have done anything to put their family at risk. You know, they're like, why would you have done this? You know, why would you even talk about this? You have ruined this family. And so he doesn't even have good relationships with all his family anymore because of the, the high up non-existent government, uh, you know, SWAT teams that are coming out to force him into submission. Anyway, that happened previously. Now, fast forward, they're walking on their land and they get this slimy residue on the back of their neck. And so they get back home and the wife is ill. I mean, it, it acted fast. So ill. Uh, Chad gave us an update. You know, Chad contacted him, and we, we filmed the update in the film because we were waiting on him. You know, we were kind of tracking along. He's not going to come on the film. His wife's not doing well. Matter of fact, uh, Chad said in the film that uh, he didn't know his wife was actually going to make it through all of this. And it reminded me of, a, of the late J.C. Johnson who was a friend of mine, he was a cryptozoologist and he would take people on guided tours in the Four Corners area where he would show people where the these animals would show up. Like he, he says that they've seen pterodactyls. He says they've seen all kinds of crazy, uh, what we could only call a hybrid or a prehistoric type. You know, I don't believe in prehistoric time, but uh, the idea of what we're told dinosaurs are, uh, these strange animals, right? Uh, we're told that there's, there's portals in the Four Corners where these things cross over and the Indians don't want to go near it. And these wild animals, what we would call animals, they're, they're these weird things that are coming through the portals. So JC Johnson would go out there with his, you know, he'd take a security team with, you know, with machine guns, uh, like mercenary style. And they would take, they would give guided tours out there. Uh, people that wanted to go see this for themselves. And it was uh, several times he would send me photos from their action cameras where they would pick up what looks like gray aliens in the bushes. Wow. Anyway, I'm bringing all this up. Because J.C. Johnson told me that he had friends that went down to Dulce to research. He said that they were getting a little too close to the fire. They got done doing their homework. They go back to their car. But what they didn't know is that before they got back to their car, there were men in black, these men in the shadows, that came and dusted some type of a biological weapon known as a transdermal on the handles of their car. So all they had to do was touch the handle. You, you touch it, it is now transdermal. It's going into your bloodstream immediately. Uh, and they become either really, really ill to the point where the rest of their life is spent in a bed or they die. That's what I was reminded of when Greg Renrich you know, passed on the message that his wife was ill and that they had found some type of a slime on the back of their necks. You know, I, um, I don't wanna lose my life. 
because I've got so much love to give and I got so much, uh, you know, kingdom work to do. But I'm reminded of this passage in the Bible and I don't have the, the address in my mind. I don't know where it is in the Bible, but there's a passage that talks about, you know, don't fear those that can kill the body. Mm-hmm. You know, you need to fear the one that owns your soul, the one that can take your soul. And that is the almighty God. That is, that is, you know, Yahweh, Jehovah, Jesus Christ. Uh, He's the only one that I fear. And so if someone were to take this body because of me doing a service to the kingdom, it just means more crowns and riches in the next life. And uh, Philippians 2, 8, and I got that here. Wherefore God also hath highly exalted him, speaking of Christ, and given him a name which is above every name. So that's authority. That at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow, Every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Mm-hmm. So, just a couple things on that. Um, first, it shows that we've got that these places actually exist. So, you've got things in heaven, things in earth, and things under the earth. Those are three physical locations um, and call them spiritual locations because we can't access the one or the the other um, until we're completed. Um, But it also shows, and most importantly, it shows that Jesus has all the authority. It's all been given to him because of what he's done. And so every tongue is going to confess at one point or another that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. He's been exalted above everything. Everything's under his authority. So there's nothing to fear. Um, thank God we've been given his word to study it. And I wish I would have started earlier, man. Like I, the, one of the things I tell people that are, you know, earlier on their walks, I wish I would have started reading the, the scripture on a daily basis. Um, because that's where, that's where our foundation comes from. Um, that's the, the, the basic instruction before leaving earth. It's our map. You know, he gave us this so we wouldn't be lost. Um, it's, it documents the, the whole story yeah. and, um, yeah, so there's nothing to fear. It's amazing. Um, if we're in Christ, we're, we're sealed until that day. Amen. We've been talking tonight about our latest film, Higher Entities, The Lost Tapes. You can find this film and our other films at fourthwatchfilms.com. That's F-O-U-R-T-H-W-A-T-C-H-F-I-L-M-S.com. Fourth Watch Films, all spelled out. Head over there and you can get the instant on-demand stream of both of our films or you can get the DVDs. And currently we are running a promo, uh, a double feature. You can get the double feature right now for 20% off at 